Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a beautiful day so far. Where do I even begin with this week's guest? My dear, dear, dear sweetheart, Miss Gina Warfel. So I've talked a lot about Gina on the show. You guys have probably heard bits and pieces. She was on my podcast early last year before we were dating. She's truly one of the most magical human beings I know. Brilliant, connected, and her work is unique in that she is a dietitian, but not the the normal kind. <laughs> Gina doesn't teach meal plans. She doesn't teach following strict rules. She teaches people how to connect with their bodies before making decisions related to food and allowing the body to actually guide what it wants and allowing that to be enough and allowing that to be the journey back to yourself and your heart and your soul and using food as that bridge to creating deeper relationships with every part of your life. And, you know, in this episode, we talked a lot about resonance and energy and the the way you do something is so much more than what you do. The way you reach for that apple is so much more important than the fact that it's an apple. The way you give money or spend money is so much more important than what you're spending it on. And We go back and forth a lot on this idea that these resonant energies that are present in money, in food, in life experiences, in our relationships, those are the things that we should be paying attention to. Those are the aspects of ourselves that govern our reality. And and it was just such a beautiful conversation. I just love that. Um, I mean, we, this was so unplanned. We were literally just hanging out, having a conversation about this very topic. And at one point, we just decided it would be useful and beneficial just for ourselves to actually unpack it together, but also allow all of you to be a fly on the wall for the conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. If anything that we said on the podcast resonated, please reach out to both of us, tag us on social. We want to hear from you. And if you're not already subscribed to the Stay Grounded podcast on Spotify or iTunes or any of the podcast apps, please go ahead and do so. All that means that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. If I ever put out any special releases, you're the first to hear about them and so much more. So thank you. Thank you again for being here, for making the time for yourself. And I hope you all enjoy this brilliant and beautiful and amazing conversation with one of my favorite human beings on the planet, Miss Gina Orful. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. 
What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Hello, Gina. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> welcome back. Mm-hmm. Again, I made it. With Ma- the hot beverages. I made it back. We're here. Hot beverage in hand. A little lukewarm. But we're here. Ready to chat about... Resonance. Energy. Energy. How all of our actions are connected in some way, shape, or form to the energetic forces that power them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone listening, for full context, Gina and I, when we record these episodes, they're usually impromptu, (laughs) and they are usually after a pretty deep conversation about some type of process that either one of us are going through, both of us are going through, or ideas that are deeply connected to things that we believe in. And one of the things that got brought up today, and certainly for myself, is my relationship with money in that when I make certain decisions, there are certain decisions I make out of this abundance, this energy of abundance in when it ties to money, whether it's giving it away, whether it's investing it, whether it's spending it, but there's this energy of like, there's more than enough. And then other times there's this other energy that's like, almost like, like I don't want to let go of it. It's almost like in my hands and I just want to keep it and I want to hold on to it for dear life. You're saying energy, but like, how do you know the difference between if it's like an energy or the reality that you need to hold on to some money? Well, that's the thing. So that's (laughs) part of this conversation. But I think what I thought was really interesting was just that awareness Mm -hmm. that all the choices we make, whatever our relationship with the thing is, it could be money, it could be food a lot of stuff that you teach and you know it could be another person it could be anything it could be a, a a disease in the body like our relationship to it has this either contraction or expansive sort of energy both of those like both polars opposites like the higher vibration abundance sort of mindsets or or frameworks or, or resonances versus like the less abundant i would call right so it's not necessarily good or bad they're just different frequencies. I'm just very presently aware of the way that I interact with specifically money right now, today, after our conversation this morning. But it was like just being aware of the abundance versus the scarcity and how that can even translate into food and the relationship with our body. I don't know if you want to comment on that. Well, I think it's really interesting that lately, this last year, one thing that's been coming into like my awareness is I keep hearing the words resonant frequency. And I like, I kind of get it, kind of hear about it, but a lot of like consciousness conversations are talking about like resonant frequency. And I'm like, I I don't know if I fully understand what that means. And so I did, what was that thing called? We both did it. Or or, was that what it was called? Resonant frequency? It was a heart math, resonant frequency, breathing exercise where- And you find what your resonant frequency is somehow related to your body. Well, it's related to your breath, I think, right? Well, I think it's your body's heart rate variability and your breathing. So when I started learning about what heart math does, they are the institute for doing research on how your heart will emit a certain frequency. And what they would find was that emotions like love and joy and gratitude- 
have a certain frequency. It's like actually a, it's a different frequency versus the different emotions like anger, frustration, and then that is a different frequency and it actually changes the chemistry of our bodies. Mm. And so it's actually like a different density. And so somebody gave a really good example that do you ever notice how like if you are really sad and or like you're depressed or you feel like these low frequency emotions, it actually physically feels heavy. And like everything is an energy and has a different density, but you could actually feel very heavy, very lethargic and tired. Where if you have ever been in love or you're really happy and you're joyous and you actually feel a lightness, like the frequency feels light or less dense or you have like energy. It's really, really interesting. So what they talk about is aligning with a frequency that actually matches yours. That's how you find how things actually resonate with you. Or like how people say, oh, they're, I don't match their energy. Or, or when resonate. people who, I don't resonate with their energy. I mean, like energy. I say that all the time. I don't resonate with that song. I don't resonate with that person. I don't resonate with that idea. I don't resonate with that anything. It's like, it's like I don't resonate with it is, I guess, a colloquial way of saying I do not find myself actually resonating at the same frequency as the thing that is being expressed, shared, experienced. And Which is cool because I think when we look at it through that lens that like we can start figuring out what is something that we do want to attract and bring into our life. And if we have things that we don't want, turning the reflection around on ourselves instead of being the victim of it, but looking at like, what am I actually emitting that's drawing this yeah. calling that in? Well, that's the thing that nobody wants to admit. Right. The things that we have in our life are a direct creation of us, <laughs> whether we are unconsciously calling it in or consciously calling it in. What was that quote from, you actually shared it earlier, the quote yeah. from Conversations with God? Yeah, he says, that what you fear, you attract. Yeah. so It's, it's like, like a magnet. The resonant energy, so you say you don't want it. Like, I think this is the problem I have with a lot of positive psychology and affirmations. And I, I, I believe in the power of the spoken word and visualization. And just visualizing and just saying something again and again and again when your frequency right and you're resonating when there's trauma or there's like there's something in your system like a fear a, a true fear yep. that's existing that's what's powering all of the creative energy in your life like your subconscious mind like the feeling all mm -hmm. of that is so much more powerful than your conscious affirmation well so much a lot people see that this is a lot with health where a lot of people will in their mind say yes i'm going to do it this time i'm going to be healthy yeah. and they set these goals but underlying there's actually a frequency of unworthiness that they're not actually willing to or really don't want to look at and explore because if they admit that they have feelings of unworthiness and that means it will be true but there still can be this underlying energy of unworthiness, but they keep trying to mask it with more motivation and more goals until they actually turn into it, like you said, into that shadow and look at what are those feelings of unworthiness and bring them to the surface. They'll hold on to that frequency of unworthiness and they'll never make progress. Yeah, well, that's the thing that keeps us trapped, right? It and then that unworthiness manifests itself into actions, whether it's eating more food, it manifests itself into stress, which might turn into, you know, an inflammatory response in the body, which might turn into rashes. Like I've got, um, like, you know, for me, one of the big exploratory 
elements of this has been is you know this, but for everyone listening, like I've had these rashes on my skin since I was a kid, and I haven't been able to figure out what the hell is going on. And I've been trying everything. I've been changing my diet. I've been you know going doing the lab tests, and and now coming at it from an energetic standpoint and looking at it from that standpoint of like okay, like, is there something that my rashes are trying to teach me that I'm not wanting to listen to? Because my body is actually emitting a response right now that I'm consciously trying to battle yeah. with all the diets, with all the plans, with the books. I'm trying to consciously go at it with my mind, but it's still not going away. Well, so subconsciously. Diet and supplements don't feel like the mind. That feels like the body. <laughs> diet supplements, what I energy. mean is like I'm coming mm -hmm. at it from a strict, standpoint right instead of actually feeling deeply into and taking the time to really connect with my body and go deeper into my emotions and coming through that lens of okay like rashes what are you trying to teach me or like body what am i not seeing i think there was a quote that um i heard was it at a retreat i think it was the last retreat we were at and i think someone said the difference between what do you want to see like what you want to see versus what wants to be shown. And I love that distinction because I feel like that's been my journey with a lot of feeling because I keep trying to see what I want to see and then like trying to work my way into my processes instead of allowing what's like, instead of just looking at what's here in plain sight, which oftentimes is that underlying energetic piece of that feeling. I don't want to feel like right. the thing I'm trying to mask by trying to find all the things and the shortcuts and the hacks, but there's actually like just a feeling. Yeah. So what does that mean then? If you hold that energetic frequency, do you allow it or do you change it? Or, you know, allowing is an interesting word because that's been something I've been really playing with for myself. It's like allowing is, I feel like the most powerful word in personal development. I think like when we allow, you're consciously making the choice for whatever is present to be present. I think that allowing it for the purpose of understanding it is a beautiful thing. Allowing it so you can indulge in the in the sad story of you not being enough, of you not being worthy and staying there is a choice. Yeah. Right? That's a choice that I think most people are afraid of making or they're afraid I think most people are afraid of feeling that feeling cuz they aren't actually aware of the choice they have to not feel that afterwards. It's like you can go yeah. and feel that feeling so you can be intimate with it. And then make the choice to snap out of it Yep. when you become aware of that. Like, oh man, like I, I do that all the time. Like, in fact, I have songs I listen to to snap myself out of mm -hmm. uh, a, a shitty mood. I've got books I read. I've got people I talk to. Like I have affirmations that I, those are when like those things really help. But I think allowing the emotions and the energetic components, allowing yourself to experience them so that you know them. Right. Yeah. Like if you have a, like energetically, if you're in a scarcity place and you try to suppress it like and overcome it, it's probably always still going to be there driving. And I think about how we talked about like the money thing. If we have like a scarcity place around money, but yet we keep attracting scarcity, it just continues to show up. And I think about one of my students, just when it comes with food, and I remember she lives a, just a very abundant lifestyle, but kept showing up in her life in a scarcity way. So what I mean by that is buying foods that she didn't want weren't serving her, but holding on to them, overeating them, because if fulfilled this, I'm afraid I won't be fed. 
Mm. I'm afraid I won't have enough food, which actually goes all the way back to childhood of not having enough food. And as an adult now, she has plenty of food. But as a child, she had this energetic signature in her of fear of scarcity. And so even though she mentally wanted to overpower this and say, I'm going to restrict so I can lose weight, the energetic frequency that was driving her behaviors was actually... I'm scared. I'm in a scarcity place. I need to just keep eating, keep eating for the safety. And it wasn't until we created enough safety for her to actually let the scarcity energy come into her awareness that she could actually nurture it and learn how to like be with it and go back to that, to that child that was like in her creating that energy that started to like actually nurture it and soothe it. That's so great. I mean, I love that. And even in that, like there's this acknowledgement that this energy is a part of you. It might not be all of you, but it's present in you. And I think a lot of personal development culture is about dismissing the part altogether. It's right. like, I'm not that. No, I've got all this money. I don't have any reason to be that. I had a beautiful childhood. Yeah. My parents loved me. Be I grateful. No, be grateful. There's this, let's put a Band-Aid on the problem instead of just allowing yourself to actually explore the possibility of grief, of anger, of sorrow, of anguish, of whatever those anxieties, those feeling states are that are sort of sort of labeled as unpleasant, this labeling of those emotions that are unpleasant, but at the core of it, they're there and they're a part of you. And by being able to create the space for yourself, which is a lot of what you're saying, it's like you're, you created a safe space for her to allow And that's what then creates power. Yeah. Power is a, I think that's the piece that keeps coming back for me. Like the more I allow myself in my lived experience to feel all the things I don't want to admit I have in me, it's a gateway for profound freedom because now I can come into choice. I think it creates so much self-trust. You start mm. to see like, when are you in, when is your body telling you that you're like in an expansion or a contraction and like, what is not serving you? You can actually start to like trust and listen to your body. Did I ever tell you the story about how I learned, actually learned to do that from Kim? Did I, I don't know if I ever told you this story before. I don't think you told me this I don't story. Think it, I this love is a new story. Great. Our relationship yes. is evolving. <laughs> Blossoming right for our eyes. No. <laughs> This was really cool how I learned to trust the, like the, I guess, energy or the resonance that I was having with food because, and and I'm going to use this example as food, but really this could be any, this could be anything in life. But I was really struggling because for many years, I spent years and years getting nutrition degrees, facts, all this stuff that's like a very mind-based way of learning about food. And I never thought about like, how is food resonating with my body? And what is like the energy behind how I'm eating? I never thought about that. And so my body would start, I guess, communicating to me in one way, whether it was like through food cravings or just what it wanted or what it didn't want. But my mind was like, no, it knows all these facts. This is good. This is bad. And before I knew it, I ended up really confused because I was like, I went to one of the retreats and I was working with the facilitator, Kim, and I was like, I need to talk to you. I'm so confused. My body is telling me one thing, but my mind is telling me another about food. I've actually gotten myself too smart that like (laughs) that it's become really confusing (laughs) because my mind has all these facts and I can't tell what my body is telling me. And she goes, 
I think, you know, all food has an energetic frequency and your body will actually tell you what it is connecting with and what it is not. But just you need to just actually trust it and let yourself listen to it. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind of woo, but all right, sure, I'll try it. And she's like, let me, let me test something out with you. Close your eyes and I'll be right back. And so she leaves the room. She comes back. My eyes are closed. She's like, put out your hands. And so I put out my hands and she put something in my hand and I didn't try to feel it. I just let it sit in my hand. And she said, with your eyes closed, does your body move towards what's in your hand or does it move away from what's in your hand? Mm. And naturally, my body just leaned back. And she's like, okay, so you moved away from it. So your frequency is not in alignment with this food. And I opened up my eyes and it was a lime. And she's like, hmm, interesting. You probably wouldn't be in, you probably wouldn't want to just eat a lime right now. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I totally don't. And then she's like, okay, let's try it again. Put another thing in my hand. I closed my eyes, didn't feel it. And she's like, what does your body do? And I'm like, honestly, my body is not doing anything. It's just, it's staying neutral. It's staying, it's just not moving forward or back. And she's like, okay, open your eyes. And I opened my eyes and it was a clementine. And you actually know that whenever I go to retreats, like I actually never really want clementines. Like it's not that I don't want them, but I don't crave them. I'm just kind of indifferent to them. She's like, when your body doesn't really move towards it or away from it, you're just kind of neutral to it. And so I thought it was so interesting because that is actually how I feel about clementines. I'm just sort of neutral. I don't ever really crave them. Don't really want them. Don't really not want them. So that felt a little bit like little out there kind of woo to me. But I started actually using that as a practice. And I go home and I think, okay, let me try and get out of my mind right now and just drop into my body, close my eyes, grab a food and actually bring it to me and see, am I pulled towards it or does my body actually move away from it? And I started to create this trust with how my body was like resonating with food. And then I could start thinking about that, about like decisions, like what pulls me towards it, what pushes me away from it and actually trusting in that energetic movement. That's pretty rad. I didn't know you did that. (laughs) Yeah, it was really powerful. I don't do it all the time now, but there was a really, there was a period in my life what? right after this, that I was really, we actually, I don't, we actually weren't dating yet. We weren't dating yet. And I, there was a period that I got really confused because my mind knew all this nutrition information, but my body, body wanted like French fries. Your body wanted my like body cake. Wanted all sorts of, yeah. Sometimes my body and I'm like, I'm confused. Is this a craving? Is this bad? My mind is telling me this is going to kill me. But our facilitator, who is like an amazing peak health, also just eats anything that she wants, sometimes healthy, unhealthy. Sometimes it can get confusing. Is something a food craving? Or, you know, some people are like, I'd resonate with pizza all day. You know, yeah. pepperoni must be my frequency. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I actually started doing that because there was a period where I didn't trust how my body was communicating to me because my mind knew certain things. And naturally, I actually feel like my body just balanced out and I got into this rhythm. And so now I, I I think you'll probably notice that I try to do that with when I'm deciding what kind of beverage I want. I try to not use my mind in the morning when I'm deciding between coffee, matcha, something that's completely uncaffeinated, when I'm kind of considering my options. Sometimes I actually feel, I might even hold it and feel where how is my body resonating with it. And maybe it's actually just taking the pause to really like feel, is it? Well, and that's what you're bringing up is just so valuable because it's a practice of you learning to distinguish between the different intuitive voices you have. Yeah. Right. Like there's like 
your mind, which has its brilliance, but it's it's a voice. You have your your emotions, which are like those things that are in your body that might feel good or not feel good, which are also just voices. And then you've got like your like your your nourishment, your physical body when you're tired or when you're sleepy or when you're hungry, like you've got those and just the simple practice of that. You're actually learning to distinguish between all of those and get really clear on what's true and what might be just a, a story, a belief. Like you're, you're actually practicing just awareness, living awareness, which is so powerful. And I actually didn't know you did that, which is awesome yeah. because I read a book or I was, I didn't read a book. I, I read about, <laughs> I read about the book. So this is like, a friend of mine was explaining the concept of the book to me. Okay. I bought the book and I haven't read What's it yet. What's the book? It's called Happy Money by Ken Honda. Okay. And he talks about that it's a Japanese principle. And I think in the book, I haven't read it yet, guys. So if I butcher this, do not come after me. But what I'm, the idea that he mentioned was when you're parting with money or when you're about to buy something, actually just feel the money. Just feel it. Feel what it's about to give you. Like you can feel like the joy that the thing you're about to purchase is going to give you. Like right before you actually make the transactions, you're giving the dollar, you're receiving something like change the energy pause and just feel the moment, like what is happening. And you can actually allow so much awareness in your system, in your body. I've been practicing that, which is what's creating actually so much awareness for me. And like, and, and and it's bringing a lot of awareness to like things I might actually still have to work on with money. And and I've done a lot of work around my relationship with money and different things, but like there's still layers. And I think now it's it's because it's it's going back into my body and actually saying, I'm about to spend my money on this. I'm about to invest in this. I'm about to go do this. How do I feel? Right before I hit the button or I make the decision and sometimes it's really pleasant, happy feelings. Other times it's scare. It's like fear and anxiety that feels foreign. That's like, I, I can't explain it. Other times it's a mix of all of it. And then it's a practice for me of like being, okay, like what is true in this moment? Is there actual fear? If I bring in logic in that adult sort of safe way, like I'm allowing this fear to show up. But if I look at it, like, is there truth to what I'm feeling or is what I'm feeling coming from something in the past, like right. something from childhood, something from generations, something in my body that hasn't been expressed yet. Like, and even learning to distinguish between what's mine and what someone else's using that simple practice with money has been really helpful for me. That's really interesting. I, I like distinguishing the two because on one hand, like HeartMath Institute talks about how we actually have information stored in our heart. Like we think that it's in our mind, but they're actually doing research. The information is stored into our heart and that sends signals to our brain. And it's like, we actually have more information and guidance that comes from our heart. This sounds really out there, but you can, you can actually read the studies. They've published over 300 studies on this. So they really teach people how to trust the emotions and intuition that comes from their heart when making decisions and just trusting in their feelings and cultivating feelings. But what's also interesting is there's also, can you always trust your intuition? 
because sometimes we might have an intuition that's based on a past trauma. Yeah. We're like, oh no, I know. I know that this is what the truth is, or I know that this is bad. So that's kind of interesting too, that might get confusing. Well, that's why it's important to pause and practice. Right? Like you said, there was a several month period when you were practicing yeah. that with food where you had to learn. And then eventually with data points, you were able to have new reference points. Like reference points are, I think, the way that you begin to, like, I think we're pattern matching machines. That's what yeah. I believe. Like as human beings, we're constantly looking for patterns, whether we're consciously doing this or unconsciously. Right. So if all the examples of love that we have in our life are rooted in shitty patterns, like shitty examples, our minds are going to associate that as the standard. And then we're going to constantly look for them. Yep. Right. So that's why if you want to change your life, you have to find new examples. You have to put yourself around people that think differently than you. You have to explore different opinions. Otherwise, you're going to stay stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the same idea of like these reference points that might feel new. They're not bad. They're just new. They're unpleasant because you haven't taken the pause to just feel them. But that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like just because we allow ourselves to feel doesn't mean that it's going to be stuck. We just have to remember that we right. have the choice to go change that whenever we want. Like we can feel it for a little bit, decide it feels really shitty, and then go listen to a song or dance or yeah. go breathe or call your friend or Said and tell someone you love them or help a friend or. I think what we've been finding is that the more that we go into the feeling, into the deepest piece of the feeling that's actually there, then it actually like gets seen, it gets honored, it moves through us. And then it creates the space for the other feelings to come in, the happiness, yeah. the everything else yeah. can come in. Right. Well, that's the thing. The no feeling is permanent. Like that's the tricky thing. Your mind is like, I don't want to feel because. If you feel that way, like the mind is so silly sometimes in that a lot of our constructs and belief systems and the ways that it governs our actions are all rooted from times when we were much less evolved, right? So like if you even think about the brain today, like it's not very evolved. It hasn't caught up to technology. It hasn't caught like that's been the last 30, 40 wait, wait, years. Wait, wait. How can you say the brain hasn't caught up to technology? Because technology is not beyond our brains. Our brains created technology. I think the stress and the the noise and the, I think the lived experience that we all have today, I think mental health is at an all-time high. I think chronic stress is at an all-time high. I think yeah. a lot of things that we don't like about society are at an all-time high because we as a society have not learned how to evolve to operate in this new paradigm. So that's what I mean. So. Mm -hmm. From that standpoint, what were we saying? I forgot. I had Shoot, a, sorry, I threw you off. I had a point. I had a point, Dang but it. I don't remember what sorry. it was. It's fine. I tried like, to prove a point. <laughs> point. Let me well, throw you off. Oh, it's that like a lot of the choices that we make today are rooted in energies and right. beliefs from when we were younger mm -hmm. or from primitive responses, right? Like our amygdalas, our, our, our actual like crocodile brains. Yeah are always on fight or flight. So that's where the skill work comes in of practicing to fine tune. Is this a past fear or is this my intuition, my body speaking to me? Right. And that's where it takes practice, discernment and work. This is what mm. I would call the work. But what's so cool is when you do start to trust in it and it doesn't have to be this like mind fight, but can start to trust in how your body changes and is it expansive or does it contract? Is it dense? Is it light? And 
one of my students this week, she said, you know, I don't know, healthy eating is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. And I, and I asked her, I said, how does it feel when you put yourself on the back burner and you're sitting on the couch and you're not taking care of yourself? And she's like, oh God, it's kind of like, it's actually really, it's heavy. I feel down. And I'm like, what about when you took that extra effort and you made the salad in that time that you were like feeling really good because you made the extra effort. And she's like, actually, I felt really light and really like just very light and happy and energized. And it was so funny just to see the difference between our mind identifies with something as healthy equals work. Mm. But when we really just tap into the energy of our body, what that feels like to put yourself on the back burner and not take care of yourself and oh, the heavy weight of that versus when you're on fire and you're taking care of yourself. And it's like, it almost feels effortless when you are putting in the effort. You bring a good, an interesting point in that when I used to be very disconnected from my body, like before I really started going inward and really practicing the work to go inward, like I was very much stuck in my mind. So three or four years ago, I was like very much in my three head. Three or four. Okay. Well, <laughs> but no, but like, but giving you a hard time. I know, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I was at one point in my life, at least like when I was 26, 27, I was working really hard, hard charging entrepreneur, but like I knew a lot about mindset, but I wasn't feeling right in my heart. And at that time I was also doing the most unhealthy things that I've ever done. Drinking more than I'd ever drank, mm. not eating healthy, just trying to do all the work. But like in my mind, it was like, I can get away. I can, it's like a very getaway. Like, it's yeah. like, I can well, you're do You're so in your body now that you can't get away with so really treating it bad because you're so sensitive to so, it. <laughs> so that's, that's actually my point. Yeah. That's my point. So it's like now, like when I go in, like I don't really drink much anymore. Right. Like I eat pretty clean. Like I'm much more conscious of like even the little things like a rash that normally I would have just caused right. written off as like, hey, this is something that I'm just going to have for life. Those are the types of things like when you, when you actually go into your body, it becomes easier to be healthy. So much easier. Because you're not actually fighting. That's the thing. Like when you're in your head about it and you're trying to follow this stuff up here instead of just feeling into your body. But that's, you know, I, it's hard. I, I'll say yeah. this, like, you know, cause it's been what, three, four years of me dedicating myself. You also almost three, four years yeah. of like dedicating yourself and like it's, it's a lifelong desire to have the relationship yeah because it's, it's easier it's easier to check out go into your head will power your way through like how what your body's telling you suppressing it taking yeah. painkillers numbing out from it checking out from it it was actually so interesting on one of my calls today somebody said it is so much easier to put yourself on the back burner and people please and be like, oh, I can't because I have to, my family, my, you know, it's so much easier because you actually avoid being with yourself by doing that. You actually avoid looking at your own stuff by saying, I don't have time to meditate. I have to take care of others. It's actually a really easy cop out to be with the energy or whatever is present in your body. Mm, the things that we do in our lives to not feel. Right. To procrastinate or to say, like, I can't, I have to sacrifice for others. How easy that is to sacrifice for other people as an avoidance to actually just do the work of just sitting in silence with our own bodies and see what it has to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard and rewarding. You know, that's one of those things I just feel like, you Now I was talking to you about this earlier, just like, maybe I have a question for you, actually. Like, you know, I feel like now... I 
feel like I'm so good at just feeling naturally. Like I, I feel like when I have a feeling come up, I, I, I pause and then I breathe into it and I don't feel like it blows me into a different proportion. Do you remember when you first got started down this path of feeling? Because I know you actually had trouble feeling yourself. Like, oh, yeah. Right? Like, Big so time. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to remember yeah. how I did it when I was first starting out. Like, how did you actually learn to feel and like teach yourself that it was safe to feel? And when you have those moments of when you're pausing and then something really uncomfortable shows up, like, what was your journey like? Because I think that's a, I just feel like that's not something. Yeah. I think I had to, number one, have a, I had to constantly keep reassuring myself and having friends. And you did this a lot for me. And I I think I had a lot of friends, coaches, mentors who had to keep reminding me, it's okay to feel you're not going to get stuck there. Mm. That was the number one mindset shift because I definitely grew up in the like, just fight your way to positivity, fight your way to happiness, like be this happy, positive person, fight for it. You can do it, whether it's through music, no matter what you have to do, just fight for it. And I was really afraid to go into those feelings. And I I think that it felt like a threat to my identity. Oh, no, I'm an anxious person. Oh, no, there's anxiety. Like, I identified with it. And it became this bad thing that I had to do something about it. And it actually ended up influencing a lot of my choices. It, It made me want to have food to avoid anxiety because anxiety was a bad thing I had to get rid of. But now it's like I can step back and say, okay, there is anxiousness. And that was actually something that a mentor really helped me with. He's like, you are not anxious. Anxiousness is just present. It's just there. Mm, How do we like nurture ourselves through the anxiousness and let it be there? And I do remember actually having um, one thing that that really broke me through to feeling was actually having an experience at a retreat where I was really afraid of feeling and having, this is going to sound actually really weird. Now I'm thinking, now that I'm talking about it, but like having people around me who encouraged me to go into the feelings I didn't want to feel. And for me, it was the biggest fear of feeling was feeling that one day my dad and my mom are going to die. Mm, I- uh, had, yeah, very yeah. difficult for me to even get those words out of my mouth and accept that. And that was like the ultimate fear of feeling for me. And being in this yeah. retreat, I actually went into that fear and it was really hard. But I realized that once I went through that feeling and I let it pass, it like came like a storm and it was intense. And that reality set in and I felt it and I was fully with it as though it was truly actually happening. And then I allowed it to move through me. And what I realized from that experience was, this is one of my favorite quotes from the alchemist. He said, the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. Mm. And I started to trust in that, that I had so much fear around having anxiety, sadness, loneliness, any like feeling that I hate. And realizing that as I experienced it, the fear of the suffering was actually worse than the suffering of the emotion. Mm. (sighs) <laughs> I just love you so much. Like I, I just I like you. I love. <laughs> I could listen to you like talk for hours. Like I just like you're just oh so, gosh, you're, you're, just so, so funny. you're just so just... smart and Aww. brilliant and beautiful and just like like Aww. you like you really like like I can feel 
your journey and like I it's mm. like I know how far you've come. Like yeah. I know where you were and where you're at now mm-hmm. and huge. Like just I was the, really afraid of feeling like yeah. really disconnected from feelings in my body. What's so interesting <laughs> is like I've always been into health, nutrition for many, many years. And so I thought because I'm healthy, that means I'm connected to my body. But I really actually my whole life had a lot of fear of like, what is my body telling me and not trusting my body, not trusting my emotions and seeing all these emotions as bad and really disconnecting like from my body and just living in my mind. And then, of course, I couldn't trust my intuition or decisions or anything because I was just relying on my mind. I didn't know anything. And so really, I think. Once having the awareness of like, oh man, I'm not connected to my body, what it's communicating, the energy of how I'm resonating with things, like I can't trust it. But then having that awareness and then just having the desire to learn to connect with it and trust it within like, I don't know, within a year, I made massive, like massive progress just being dedicated and willing to explore it. Like massive progress. So those three, you just said three things. You said awareness. You said desire, which I would kind of coin with curiosity. Mm -hmm. And then the last is just commitment. Right. And those three, like if you just practice those three, when it comes to being aware of the energies, the frequencies, the resonances, like the data points that are showing up in your body in the present moment, as you interact with everything, you become aware of whether it's food, money, a person, the news, an accident. It doesn't matter what is happening. If you can practice that, eventually you will get to a space where you know yourself so well that when something out of alignment is present, you can shift the course of your life in the moment. And that is the greatest gift you can give yourself. That's the greatest gift you can give your loved ones. That's the greatest gift you can give anybody who comes into your life. Because when you can embody living an aligned life, you give others the permission to do the same. You know, so the, the actually like the reminder for me to start living in that was when I shifted my language from let me think about it to let me feel into it. Hmm. It was just like a little reminder of like, just shifting the language. Let me think about it. Let me feel into it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, I, I just love you. I love you so much. I, I, I just like, I love doing these. We resonate. We I would re- say. I would say we resonate. <laughs> I just love that. Um, I'm just so proud of you. Actually, Aww, I really am. You. Like you're just like proud of you too. You're doing so We've much. We've come work. a long way. We've come a long way from a living lot. in our minds and learning how to trust ourselves. Yeah, and just living into your hearts and and mm-hmm. feeling the fears that you don't want to feel and yeah, it's the bravest work and it is. It takes a lot of courage, but yeah. it's so worth it. So it's the only, as far as I'm concerned, it's sorry, it's the only way. It's the only. It's I hate to say that the way we're talking about is the only way, but it's the only way. <laughs> well, well, it's the way that it, okay. If you want a life that is rich and a life that meets suffering with grace. Or meets challenges with grace. Yeah. This is what I realized. Pain and challenges in life are inevitable. Suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. And suffering only can exist when we are not allowing what is present to show up. Like we can't wish for, like life is going to be hard for all of us. There's just no way around that. We're all going to lose someone we love. 
we're all going to experience some level of failure. We're all going to lose. We're all going to have an expectation not be met in some way, shape or form. Like that is the reality. That is truth. And it is not wishing for a life that didn't have that. It is evolving our ability to experience it all. And I just hope everyone listening after this conversation, you guys, I hope you you realize how doable and capable you are. Like you're so capable of actually experiencing freedom. And, And it comes from practicing feeling. When you practice not having any feeling to fear, you are literally free. You free yourself of all the suffering. Because there's nothing in life that can evoke a state of being in you that you cannot handle and experience. And that, to me, is the greatest gift. And God, what a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gina, I love you. I'm so, so, so glad that we get to do stuff like this together. (laughs) It's, It's great. But uh, everybody, um, if this conversation resonated, (laughs) see what I did there? If this conversation was of resonance with with your frequency. Yeah. You vibe with our vibe. If you vibe with our vibe, let us know. Tag us on social. Send us DMs. We love hearing from you. But that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your dear friend, Gina. Mm -hmm. And from us. Stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.